Information shared on the following program is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute legal, tax, investment, or other advice, nor is it intended to recommend any particular investments, products, or financial instruments. Always seek advice from your financial advisor, attorney, or accountant with regard to investment, legal, or tax questions. Feel like your questions of the financial world are stupid? Well, think again as we conclude part two, There Are No Stupid Questions. Welcome to the only show in the country dedicated to helping savers worry less about money. The Worry-Free Retirement with your host, nationally recognized retirement specialist and four-time author, Tony Walker. Welcome to the Worry-Free Retirement, and I am retirement planning specialist, that little man in the sweater vest, fiduciary, Tony Walker. And in case you didn't join us last week, uh, we covered There Are No Stupid Questions, Part 1. And uh, because we had so many questions left to answer, I thought I would allow my favorite son-in-law, Trey Jurgens, and fellow fiduciary, and also my favorite nephew, Wes Walker, and fellow fiduciary, to hang around for Part 2. And uh, so, gentlemen... Uh, first of all, thanks for hanging in there with us as we record this show on May 17th, 2022. Trey, good morning again. Good, good morning. Thanks for having me. Wes? Good morning. Okay. In case someone missed last week, uh, Trey, kick off real quick what started this whole idea from America's favorite financial sidekick, Mr. Aaron Orander, and the introduction of what Ter- Terrell, or Terrell Owens went through real quick. Yeah. So Terrell Owens, uh, Hall of Famer, uh, wide receiver in the NFL had a very lucrative career, unfortunately, trusting some uh, not so trustworthy advisors and not asking the right questions led him to be in uh, some dire financial straits as of late. But um, that kind of led us into this discussion of this consumer knowledge gap in the three industries where there is such a vast uh, gap between the knowledge of the expert We talked about the medical field, the financial field, the automotive field, three things that every consumer uh, typically uses, but that land of stupid questions between the consumer and the expert where some folks are afraid to ask those questions for fear of sounding silly. Yeah, and I think, uh, I was trying to find the quote from Mr. Owens, he really just gave some very good advice. You know, it's, it's sad when somebody goes through that, but they have a lot of wisdom and they've seen what can happen if you don't ask the right questions. And we've got a bunch more questions to go through that we ran out of time. I want to get to that in a minute. But I think uh, turning it over to Wes, uh, Wes, you tend to handle more of our investment platform for some of our clients. And I know in the break between setting up for the next show, I kind of talked about this whole idea of people on paper with the stock market going down and fluctuating, thinking they've made money or lost money, Share with us, uh, change the names and the amounts a little bit, with the client we met with recently, she was a prospect at the time, mm-hmm. met about a year ago, we did a game plan, she said she'd think about it, and met with us recently. Go through that gyration again. Yeah, so we met with her, let's just say, kind of near near the end of the summer of 21, and we'll just say she had about 300000 at that point on, on paper uh, in, in, her the, 401K. in her 401k. Yep. And then from the time between that kind of late summer period into the end of 2021, she was up to about 325,000. Okay, so she'd made a little bit of money on paper. 25,000 from right. that time. Okay, sure. go ahead. Yeah, calls back and you know is kind of in a panic. It looks like on paper, I have lost $25,000. So her account value now is back to 300,000. And so really when we look at it, 
She's made and lost 25,000 in this period of time. And I think it just goes to show you that when it's on paper, you didn't make and you didn't lose that amount of money because it was never converted to cash and put into your pocket. Yeah, so the, you know, I used to study under some really, really bright minds and learned a lot. Uh, uh, Bob Castellone, who, who taught me that very principle that money is a funny thing, and we tend to think we're making money or losing money, but really and truly, folks, think about this. Until that dollar that you've got on paper somewhere, I don't care what it is, an annuity, a CD, a, you know, because we could all die before we even use the money. That's why I wrote Live While Die Broke. But basically, until you convert that to cash and actually until you spend it, it's really not worth anything. And then I also studied under Nelson Nash, who, who had a great economic mind. Um, and he would talk about the whole stock market and sometimes people thinking they've made money or lost money. He used the term funny money. So let's use an example, folks. So some of you are really, I mean, you're, you're really in a tumultuous period right now. And last week, we kind of left off with this idea. Okay, Tony, as we record this show, for instance, by the way, Aaron, when will this uh, show air? We're recording in May. June 30th. Yeah, so it's June 30th. Who knows the market could be up? We don't know. Mm -hmm. But let's say it's still down and you're sitting there going, well, Tony, uh, should I move my money now? The market's down. Well, is it really down? It, so I'll use the example of this laptop. And I know through the magic of radio, you all can't see this, but I've got a pretty nice Surface Pro here, don't I, Trey? It's sitting heck, here. Heck of a setup. Yeah. So let's just say for the fun of it, I paid $1,000 for this laptop. You with me so far, Wes? Yep. Okay. And let's say I've been on eBay, and for whatever reason, I don't know why, but I'm checking eBay, and this darn model, on eBay, I can sell it for $2,000. Used. Used. Doesn't matter. So in my mind, since it says on eBay it's worth $2,000, is it safe for me to say I've made $1,000? I paid $1,000. It's worth $2,000. So I've made $1,000. Is that accurate? Do you have the $1,000 in your pocket right now? No. Then you have not made $1,000. Okay, very good. So what if it goes back down to $1,000 next week? Have I lost $1,000? No. <laughs> so the point is, folks, is what we're saying. A dollar is not worth anything until it's converted to cash. So leads to our next point. And that gets into how do we take this money and create this live well, die broke scenario so that we can use these 401ks that we've worked so hard to save before letting them just sit out there and stockpile before you die. Uh, I know, uh, Trey, I don't know if you said in this meeting, this was a couple of months ago, we had taken on some clients several years ago in their early 60s, and both of them recently passed away about six months apart. So you're, you're talking a husband and wife, both died before 65, and I'm meeting for the first time their adult children in to do the claim paperwork. I mean, how sad was that? And I'm thinking, I don't care what's in their 401k. And what was interesting, the one, one of them was a young man, he never said a word trying to hold back the tears. And I finally said, young man, do you, are you even interested in this money? He said, there's a lot of money. He said, no, I just want my parents back. I mean, he was in shock. So that's another thing, folks. A lot of you, if you don't have advisors that are helping you set up game plans to use and enjoy this money before it's too late, I don't, I don't understand what you're even thinking. Uh, if you're thinking the money's going to come back one day or whatever, well, you may not even be here to watch it come back. So you need a balance. You need an advisor who understands that, but also an advisor that can help you not run out of money, which is why we do the split IRA concept, which we'll summarize that in a minute. But keeping with our theme with Ter Terrell Owens and asking the right questions, we ran out of time last week. Now, Trey, um, I want you to kind of walk through, let's imagine last week we talked about the onboarding process. They've committed to doing work with us, but then these questions come up a lot about how to set the accounts up, 
who can get access to them, and what happens when a person dies. So let's start with the first question here, Trey. Um, go ahead. I know you've written some of these questions. Go ahead and read one of the main questions you get a lot. Yeah, so in the onboarding process, which is when, that's kind of when they become a client, when they're either rolling over a 401k, a lump sum pension, they're approaching retirement, we're setting up their game plan, um, we present to them these different accounts. And quite often it's IRAs being established for a 401k to roll over into. We often get the question, can me and my spouse combine our 401k plans and put them in a joint account? The answer to that is no. And it's because it's associated with your social security number because come certain ages, right now 72, Uncle Sam wants to make sure when you pull funds out of there that he gets the taxes that are buried within that tax deferred account. So it's kind of like with a 401k plan, folks, I always like to say, really, you've got a partner and the partner's not your real partner. Your partner and your spouse have nothing to do with that 401k. The partner is Uncle Sam. His name is all over that thing. So he is not going to let you merge that or combine that with a spouse because he has got to track, as Trey said, your age. He's got to track the amount of money you've got in there. And more importantly, he's got to track how much taxes he's going to get when you go to yank money out of that thing. So that's, a, that's not a stupid question at all, but it does come up a lot. So unfortunately, if you want to put it that way, unfortunately, your IRA that we set up for you, whether it's a Roth or a pre-tax IRA, it still has to stay in your name. All right, and this we're going somewhere with this, folks. Let's go to the next question, Trey, that tends to come up a lot. Yeah, the next question, what type of taxes will I owe when I move my 401k over to you guys? Uh, this is an interesting one. When you roll it over, there are no taxes. We discussed- If in, you do it properly. Correct, in last week's episode, we talked about a direct rollover. So direct rollover is when we call the 401k custodian where you've been saving your life savings. Let them know we're going to roll that out into an existing IRA that, that we have established, that we established for you. We do all the legwork and we ask them to cut a check made out to the custodian. Most times it'd be Charles Schwab. That check can fund this new IRA. That is not a taxable event. No taxes will be owed. There may be a, a small uh, fee for them to cut that check, but no taxes at that point. Just like when we convert that into cash and put it in your pocket, that's when Uncle Sam comes knocking. Mm -hmm. They'll send you a 1099R come the next tax season, and that'll tell you uh, how much taxes you owe. What we do is we'll calculate tax withholdings, which is based on how much other income you make in that given tax year, another service we provide free to all of our clients. And when you use that money, use and enjoy that money in your 401k, or in this case, an IRA, that's when Uncle Sam gets his cut. Okay. Next question we get a lot, Trey. Actually, let, let, let the, yeah. let's let Wes handle this one because let me set the stage before we ask this question. So uh, Joe Lunchbox shows up. He's 62 years of age. Uh, he has admitted that most of his money has been in the stock market with a 401k. As we record this show in May of 2022, the stock market's had a lot of problems. And rightly so, uh, Wes, Joe Lunchbox says, hey, I've had 60, 70% of my money in the stock market. This is getting scary and I don't really want to go back to work. So the question is, Wes, how much money should I have in the stock market in retirement? So let's go back to the example of the rule of 120. We'll just say 60 years old, 120 minus 60 equals 60. Per those old rules, he should have 60% of his money in the stock market. And then we'll say Joe Lunchbox has had a good career. We'll just say he has a million dollars in his 401k. So if we saw an event like 08 where the market went down 50%, he's got 600,000 in the market. Based on, on Wall Street's Exactly, by the same, yep, same ratio. 
he'd be down $300,000, and that's before we even get to the bond problems, if interest mm. rates are rising. So if he's not comfortable with that kind of loss, especially heading into a, a period of his life where he's not going to have income from a job, wages, he's got an inappropriate amount of money in the stock market. So really, it's a matter of just determining your individual risk tolerance and seeing you know, how much money are you comfortable losing in the stock market on paper. That's very good. And one reason I think, and, and I've got to slow down on this, when we're presenting our second appointment, sometimes I need to really emphasize this more, Trey, and also you as well, Wes, when y'all are sharing our assessments with people, we never assume, rarely, unless somebody almost forces our hand, we rarely assume that even the money we have with Charles Schwab in the income plan will grow more than 3%. Now, why do I do that? Well, we like to have positive conversations, not awkward ones down yes. the road. And long term, you know, we have to assume these markets are going to go down and go up. So to, to my point, the other day, a gentleman came in and he was nervous. He's been with us several years. And he said, Tony, my Schwab account is down quite a bit. And are you guys watching this? I said, well, yeah, we're watching it. Well, why haven't we done anything? I said, well, in your case, you're fine. He goes, I don't understand why you're saying fine. Our Schwab account is down. So what I did, I got all of his annuities out. I got all of his Schwab accounts out. He had several, okay? The one he was focused on, yes, was down. It was down about 10% just this year. I mean, that's significant. I'm not belittling that. His annuities were up. His other Schwab account was at about 2% based on the timing of when we invested it. So when I looked at everything on paper, actually, the amount of money total we had, we were actually ahead of plan. The reason is the fixed annuities, we only assumed grew at 0%. They had grown. And then the stock market, we'd only assumed at 3%. Overall, it was still just above 3%. So folks, that's the thing. Without a written game plan, and specifically if that game plan is not set up on a conservative assumed basis, there's a good chance when we have these market downturns, and they'll come, they come about every seven years, you're going to be very, very scared moving through retirement without that written game plan. So I think, too, I'd conclude that, Wes. What I would say is how much money should you have in the stock market? We kind of turn that question around and say, let me ask you this question, Mr. Jones, rather than trying to determine that, what if, okay, listen carefully, folks, what if we could accomplish your goals and objectives in retirement with zero risk in the stock market? Now, there's no right answer to that either, but a lot of people have never even heard that question. They have just assumed that they got to have stock market risk. And I've had some people say, well, if I don't have to take any stock market risk and I can still live a comfortable lifestyle, why would I take all this risk? And it's a great question. The reason they haven't heard that is because Wall Street has controlled their money all their life. That's what Wall Street's in, the business of risk. Okay, we got to keep moving here in the essence of time. Next question. Okay, okay, Trey, you've listed this laundry list. I love this one. What is this next question you see all the time? Yeah, this one is, is my spouse automatically my primary beneficiary? And the answer is no. You get to name on any of the IRA accounts we establish, any annuity accounts, uh, non-qualified or not, we get to select the beneficiaries on each contract. So if you have multiple, you could name your spouse on one, you could name your children on one, you could name a charity on one. Um, so in that onboarding process, we slow down, we make sure that we are leaving this money to whoever you want to. Because what's interesting about the uh, accounts we set up, these IRAs have named beneficiaries. That bypasses probate. It's transfer by contract. If you name whoever you want to as primary beneficiary, that's who it goes to. And then we typically set up contingent beneficiaries. Should there be a common accident for you and your spouse, it goes directly to your children and so on. So they're not automatically your primary beneficiary. Uh, we very rarely want to name your estate your primary beneficiary if we can name a person. 
Yeah, and we've even had, uh, this is happening more and more, uh, you know, quite frankly, there's a lot of second marriages, sometimes third marriages out here. And a lot of people don't know you can do this. So let's take this example. Let's say a, a husband and wife are sitting there, it's their third marriage. They love each other dearly, but they kind of have an agreement that, hey, let's take him. Let's say the husband has two children by previous marriage that are adult children. He wants to leave some money to them and avoid probate, but he also wants to leave money to his current spouse. So the beauty of an IRA through these beneficiary designations, and the reason you want to make sure you think through the beneficiaries, because these will trump the will. I've even had people go back and rewrite their wills and go, no, I'll leave it all to my kids. Well, your IRA ain't going to the kids because mm -hmm. you said you wanted 50% to your spouse. So, but we can name anybody you want. They're very flexible. Let me say this though. A lot of people just write a state down. You don't want to do that. There's no reason to send this to probate. So even if you name a charity, we've had people that are single and don't have children or anybody, name a beneficiary on your IRA. Okay, we gotta take a quick break here while we regroup. Let's get to the next question when we come back. Folks, remember, there are no stupid questions. You're listening to The Worry-Free Retirement. I'm Tony Walker. More of your questions coming up. We'll be right back. With the uncertainty of the stock market, our nation's debt spiraling out of control, and inflation running rampant, now may be the best time to consider moving your 401k to safer territory. My name is Tony Walker, and for over 38 years, I've made it my life's mission to help savers worry less about money, and I wanna help you too. To speak with me at no cost or obligation, why don't you log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and let's get started. Getting ready to roll over your 401k to an advisor you barely know? Are they just going to invest your money or do they actually have experience in retirement planning? Well, here's my advice. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Get a written game plan from an experienced retirement planning firm that has created more than 5,000 written game plans. To get started, simply log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com and click on that Let's Get Started button. Welcome back to the Worry-Free Retirement. We're answering your questions that are certainly not stupid. And uh, we've been talking about the onboarding process. So what happens after somebody says, okay, Tony, we want to move your, our 401k over to you guys to handle and the many questions that continue to come up. Um, Trey uh, Jurgens does a lot of our onboarding. So Trey, you've got this next question you get from time to time. What's this one? Yes, yeah, so this question is, can my spouse or children get access to my personal information without my permission? And the answer, as your advisor, of course, is no. Um, you can grant that, that access. that surprise you a little bit? Even me, I would think, well, that's, wait a minute, that's my wife or that's my child. Sure, like, but go ahead. How yeah. do they have to get access to it legally? So as we talked about that earlier, your IRA is your IRA. Even your spouse cannot call your custodian and get any information. If, if they can, there's a problem with that advisor. Um, you can grant that access and working with retirees, uh, several of our clients over the age of 65, we are very careful to make sure we have a trusted contact. A trusted contact is someone we will reach out to if we can't get a hold of the client. We can't divulge any important information except for that we're trying to get a hold of them. That's maybe how we find out that they are unable to be passed away. Yeah. That trusted contact's important. Also an important document is having a durable power of attorney. With 
aging clients, there may be uh, mental capacity not there to be able to answer these questions. If you name that power of attorney, we get a copy of that on file. We file that with Charles Schwab. So we make sure that if something has to happen, we can speak to somebody to make those decisions, but it is not automatic. Yeah, we had somebody in the office the other day that wanted to go on and move her mother's account over and she was the POA. So we were able to have her, because her mother's getting up in years, have her sign off on everything as the power of attorney. So those are, those are very, very helpful. Let's go to another question here. Uh, this one, um, I, I kind of like this question too. I'll, I'll take this one. If I invest money with an advisor, how long will it take to get all of my money back? Well, I, okay, Wes, what do you think that question really means? What is a person really asking? Yeah, that one's an interesting one. Um, in, in our space, I think they would be talking about decumulation, so taking it out in retirement. Not exactly sure. What what are your thoughts? I I think it's tied up. So a lot of times when savers come in, they've heard of different investments that are tied up. We'll get to annuities in a minute. And they think that something is, quote, tied up or it has a surrender charge or maybe there's fees that when they invest money that they can't get access to their money. Or there's a period of time they got to wait, which is different for different things. So what I would say is that's that's a good question to ask. You need to make sure that your advisor, if you're talking to them, any kind of investment is, I would use the word tied up. Is this money tied up? And all that means is, is if I get this money out, is there a penalty? Use an example on this. Let's say, um, Wes, theoretically, since you're in the investment world, I've got my money in the stock market, the market's down 20%. So let's say just several months ago, I put in 100,000. Mm-hmm. On paper, it's down to $80,000. Um, is the money tied up? Well, assuming you're not in a, uh partnership or something like that when an investment manager. No, but could I call and get my money out? Yeah. So if you're just, if you've just invested the money, no, it's completely liquid. You would sell the funds and you'd be down 20% and it'd be locked in. Yeah. So you'd have 80,000. You got it. So the money's not tied up, but you're probably not going to go yank that money out necessarily. You're going to think twice because if you do, you are going to realize a loss of 20,000 in that example, right? Yes. Okay. So we'll get into annuities here. So annuities, so if you think of that, people say, well, my money's not tied up in the stock market. I can get it out at any time. Well, yeah, but you might not if there's a loss potentially. So let's take an annuity. This is where this tied up thing really comes in because people, and we see this, Trey, a lot, people rush out and buy these annuities. A lot of times either the advisor, I don't know what happens. I don't know if they don't do a good job of explaining something called surrender penalties or they just gloss over it and don't want to talk about it. But we do like to use that money is tied up in an annuity. Now let's define what an annuity is. An annuity is issued by insurance companies. There's different terms. Uh, One of our most popular annuities right now with all the short-term problems is something called a three-year, multi-year guaranteed annuity. Well, your money's only tied up for three years, but you could get it out the next day. Mm -hmm. You're just gonna have to have huge penalties. So with annuities, you have to ask the advisor, what is the term of the annuity? The term is how long it's, quote, tied up, meaning if you get out of it, there's going to be surrender charges. But theoretically, you can get out of that annuity anytime you want to, as long as you're willing to take a loss, kind of like that stock market example. So what we do with our annuities is we generally make sure we don't have all the money in the annuity. So when somebody says, let's read this question again, if I invest my money with an advisor, let's say it's us, in other words, we've been talking about 401k plans, how long will it take to get my money back? Well, as soon as we get that account set up, Trey with Schwab, in about 20 days, we can start sending them money. And it shocks them because they're like, well, I thought we had annuities that was tied up. We're like, the money's not coming out of the annuities. So that's why, folks, you really need a written game plan. That's why we have come up with this ingenious concept called the split IRA concept, because 
Most of our clients want to start income right away, and we can show them how to do that with the split IRA. Okay, I hope that helps. Let's go to the next question, Aaron. Oh, I love this one. Uh, uh, Trey, why don't you take this one? This is a good one. Yeah, this question, it's kind of a two-part answer. The question is, what happens to my annuity when I die? And probably the biggest misconception with the word annuity is they kind of liken that to the old pensions, that if you take an annuity payment for your lifetime, if you only live another five years, the rest of that money goes right to the insurance company. After you die. Correct. The good news is that's not the case with the new types of annuities that we typically set up. So what happens to your annuity when you die is it goes to your name beneficiary. We hit on that earlier. Uh, it could be the contract value. So whatever it's worth, again, on paper, that goes to your spouse. The, in some cases, you may be uh, exercising an income rider. We call it mailbox money. Your spouse may be able to step in and continue those mailbox money payments for the rest of their life, leaving the contract value then to your contingent beneficiaries. So there's a lot of different inner workings, but the good answer that we get to provide clients is that money doesn't go to the insurance company. That's right. So, and the good thing is with the modern day annuities uh, that we're now using, I'd like to use this other example because this worries people a little bit. So let's say they roll over $500,000 in their 401k. We've got some money with Schwab. We've got some money in the annuity. They'll ask that. Well, I know money's a little bit of tied up over here. They're trying to follow all this and they go, and then they'll say that. Well, let's just use an example. Trey or Tony or Wes, I die in three years. Me and my wife were killed in a common accident. What happens to this money? And we say, well, depending on the values, and we'll get back out the income plan. And a lot of times I like to do this. I don't know if you all should do this if you don't, but take any, you know how our income software has each individual asset? And I'll go and I'll say, well, you, let's pick an age when you think you're going to die. And they'll say, okay, 70. All right, well, let's look at 70. And then based on all these conservative assumptions, we can show them exactly, based on those assumptions, what their kids were going to get when they die, even the annuities. And most of them are shocked. They're like, they'd get that much money? Well, sure. So what Trey's saying is, folks, the annuities, depending on how long you live and how much you draw out, all of them are set to go to beneficiaries. And here's the good news. If it is tied up with penalties, those penalties in almost 99% of the cases are waived to your beneficiaries. So let's say you only had the annuity four years and it's a 10-year contract. And normally, let's say if you bailed on that thing in four years and you got a 10% penalty, if you were to die in four years, your family gets the full value of that without any penalty. So by the way, if you'd like to read a really good book, I wrote this on annuities. I've been doing annuities a long time, folks. And you really want to see the truth, the pros and cons of annuities, rather than out here Googling around, getting confused. Why don't you go to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. You're going to click on the download section of our website. And when you get there, just scroll down to annuities made easy. There's also a booklet called Mailbox Money Made Easy. I guarantee if you download those booklets, you're gonna have a much better working knowledge of annuities. Uh, if you're sitting there saying, well, I'm not comfortable downloading stuff on the internet, partner. Well, what you can do is just call our offices. We'll be happy to mail you hard copies of those two booklets, Annuities Made Easy and Mailbox Money Made Easy. To get access to those, you just call 877 877- 499-9255. That's 877-499-WALK. All right, Trey, in our time remaining, I think you said, wait a minute, Tony, I got a really good question. Let her rip. Yeah, so the question we often get is, okay, this all sounds good. These products I'm good with, but who do I call for service and who do I call when I need money? And the answer is you call us. We may place your business, if we do a rollover, we may place business with upwards of three to five different custodians, insurance companies, Charles Schwab, 
but you call Tony Walker Financial for any questions you have. And that's the service that our clients have gotten used to. Um, when they're ready to start income with our split IRA, they're not having to call Charles Schwab. They're not having to call insurance companies, 800 numbers. They call Tony Walker Financial. We can start their distributions from Charles Schwab, calculate tax withholdings, and everything that they need. That's a good point. Yesterday, we had a gentleman, he's been a client for years. He decided to roll over his 401k to us. And he said, are your fees higher than the 401k custodian? And really, he's just kind of saying, why would I do this, Tony? And I said, oh yeah, we're gonna be a little higher. I'll call him Jim, but I said, but Jim, think about this. Who's gonna handle all this if you die before your wife, because he handles all the finances. And more importantly, who's gonna do all these RMD calculations at 72 with you having money all over God's creation? He goes, I hadn't thought about all that. I said, <laughs> to me, Jim, it's worth having it under one roof, all of your retirement accounts. That way we can track everything and monitor everything. So that leads to our next point, folks. If you're sitting there saying, yeah, Tony, I, I am feeling scattered. I don't feel like anybody's in my corner. I'm afraid I'm just gonna throw my money over somewhere and after the sale, I'm not gonna hear from these folks. Well, that's not gonna happen at Tony Walker Financial. We'd love to tell you more about our services. To get started learning more, free of charge, just log on to TonyWalkerFinancial.com. TonyWalkerFinancial.com. You're going to click on that Let's Get Started button. We can even arrange a free 10-minute fiduciary phone call to see how we can help. And if we can't help, you can meet with the owner of the company. That's right, Tony Walker in person at either our Bowling Green, Louisville, or Lexington, Kentucky offices. Or give us a call at 877-499-9255. That's 877-499-WALK. Well, we hope you've enjoyed today's program, but you remember between now and next week, if all else fails, you be worry-free. Make it a good one.